Niners fans. It's time once again to talk UTEP football. 600 ESPN El Paso, Van Wagner, and Coors Light are proud to present UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. UTEP football with Dana Dimmel is sponsored by Oscar Arrieta Allstate Insurance, Aspamas Del Sol Healthcare, by Miller Coors, Moe's Southwest Grill, by Pepsi, your El Paso Las Cruces Chevy dealers, by Schlotsky's, State Farm. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And by Truly Nolan. Now, let's join Coach Dimmel and your host, the voice of the UTEP Miners, John Teicher. Hi, once again, Miner fans. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel as we come your way live from the Larry K. Durham Center on the UTEP campus just outside of the UTEP football offices. We're presented by Coors Light, and we've got another uh, fun hour of UTEP football conversation ahead for you. For the first time in six years, UTEP has started a season 2-1. and one. For the first time in a decade, UTEP has won its first two home games of the season. And for the first time in four years, UTEP has won as many as two games in a season. That thanks to uh, Saturday's 17-13 uh, Sun Bowl victory over the Wildcats of uh, Abilene Christian. And, of course, we'll take a look back at that game for you during the hour. We'll have the Marathon Petroleum Scouting Report as we look ahead to this week's game. The Miners will play their fourth game of the season in Monroe, Louisiana. First ever matchup with the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe this Saturday in a game you'll hear right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Our coverage starts at 12.30 with the Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff Show, and we'll preview that game, the Marathon Petroleum Scouting Report, later on during the hour. We'll talk about what's going on elsewhere in Conference USA. And, of course, as always, we'll take uh, your questions or comments for Coach Dimmel. We encourage you to use your Twitter account, and tweet me at UTEP Minor Voice if you've got a question or a comment for Coach Dimmel, or if you want to pick up the phone, it's easy as well. 880-5763-880 KROD is our number. So we've got a lot to get to during the hour. Excited to talk UTEP football again with you on this September the 23rd. We'll take our first time out. And when we come back, Coach Dimmel will join me, join you, and we'll talk UTEP football. Presented by Coors Light, it's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel. Right back to the Durham Center after these words on 600 ESPN El Paso. We're talking UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back. Presented by Coors Light, it's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel as the Miners get set to head to Monroe, Louisiana, for the very first time this Saturday and uh, final non-conference matchup of the season, the Miners and the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. Again, 12.30, our coverage begins right here on 600 ESPN El Paso, but more on that later. A reminder that Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. Miners 17, the Wildcats of Abilene Christian 13, and uh, Coach Dimmel, good to be back with you. And uh, we've got a lot to get to. The Miners 2-1 and one on the season. And again, you know, some people say, ah, uh, you know, so what? Well, it's steps. It may be baby steps, but it's steps, and the kids have won two games out of their first three. And for a program that hasn't done a lot of winning in recent seasons, I think it's a significant step. Yeah, it is a significant step, and and um, 
you know, I've learned from being in the business a long time. Don't take, you know, don't ever judge wins by, oh, well, they haven't beaten anybody because that's not how you judge wins. You judge wins by <laughs> you beat somebody, right? That's why you got to win. And I've had, I've said this multiple times. We've had seasons where, you know, we opened up a season and had to score a last second touchdown to beat um, one to us, uh, Missouri State at Kansas State. And we ended up number one in the country after week 11. Right, so that puts it on with the Heisman Trophy finalist as our quarterback. So it just puts it into perspective what winning early and starting to build momentum can do for a program. So we're really excited about where we are right now. Very happy. We're happy about the style of play that we've been playing because we're finding ways to win football games, right? You know, and finding ways to do it in an efficient manner with with a lot more discipline than what we had, a lot less penalties, a lot less turnovers, creating more turnovers, creating more sacks. All the things we've talked about, that's what we've been doing in our victories. And, of course, in both of your victories as well, you've had to come from behind from early deficits, which creates another layer of confidence, doesn't it? Absolutely. The, some of the things that even even in the game Saturday we start we didn't start off as well again. I'm sitting there thinking it's seven to three and they're and they're maybe fixing to go fourteen and three and I'm like, well, we've been here, we can do this again. So if they have to, we have to. And that's what happens when you start to do that. You start to get confidence that you know, regardless of what's going on in the ball game, we're going to find a way to fight back and win the ball game. So, I know you keep repeating to your players, it would be nice to get off a little bit quicker, both offensively and defensively. Oh, absolutely, and we need to as we move forward. We need to really stress uh, improvement in the start of, of the way we start a game, especially offensively. You know, defensively, sometimes you have to get a feel of what the opponents are doing, you know, but I'd like to see us start better on both sides of the football game, and it's going to be important this week to try to really work towards doing that. You got two turnovers in the game on Saturday. The first one was on the very first possession of the game. You created a uh, turnover. Uh, Davion Inyang uh, created the uh, the turnover, and Duran Lowe uh, came up with it. So uh, a turnover right away, that's always a good thing. It is, and you know what? Uh, uh, the first one, we didn't capitalize on it offensively, and so that's one of the things I'm going to stress with the football team going into this, week game and this week's game and moving forward is that when, when our defense gets a turnover, let's turn around and put that thing in the end zone, regardless of where it happens. Let's let that be the momentum that gets us stimulated to go score ourselves offensively. Miners' first two offensive possessions were three and outs. So, again, offensive execution early in the game. Yeah. Let's get going, guys. Yeah, exactly. The three and outs is just not acceptable. It's not acceptable at all and um, and something that we just got to improve on and work on because, again, we get a turnover, right? We get a turnover first series of the game and then we go three and out offensively right and uh and it's funny because i tried to take a shot pretty early right after the turnover like we did the next time when we did score uh you know the 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 very first play we threw a nice little screen out there and and uh, we thought we got eight yards, and the ball got marked out at half a yard gain, you know. And so I was calling a play for a second and two, and all of a sudden they moved it back seven yards on me while I was while the after the play had been called. So then we called we called the you know a, a shot play as we call them, and and we had a guy wide open. We just didn't see him down the down the field, you know. So those are the things we got to capitalize on. We got to hit those, and we will. I know we will, and uh, and it'll really create some momentum early in the game. After the miners' uh, first possession, uh, Josh. Sloan almost seemed to outkick his coverage. Uh, second straight game, the Miners have given up a rather lengthy punt return, 27 yards this time. It set the Wildcats up for their second position 
almost at midfield. Yeah, and he didn't outkick his coverage. There wasn't much coverage to outkick. <laughs> right. That, right. Was the, right. that was it more than anything, Tice. We just didn't cover very well. Our two, our two bullets that we had out there just didn't do a great job of getting off of blocks and going and making plays. And so it gave them, after the big turnover, we go three, three and out, and then we, give, we punt it back, and they get the ball right at the 50-yard line. That's not a way to start a football game. Miners had actually pretty good uh, starting field position uh, close to midfield on your third possession. You got into uh, you got into uh, Wildcats territory. Unfortunately, you couldn't uh, you couldn't capitalize. Yeah, yep. And then um, you know then we had the the big penalty on the punt. You know where they we we held them to a punt and got they had punted the ball. We had the ball inside of you know again now to real establish reestablish momentum. We had the ball inside their fifty after the punt and we had a fifteen yard penalty. Uh, on one of our guys on our punt return team, which was, you know, a penalty that we had never had never heard of in 30, 30 some years of coaching, running into the center on the punt, and after he saw it, he ran into his left shoulder pad, and we still, I still need to get an explanation. I'm being, you know, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm trying to get an explanation on what what exactly is wrong with that with that play. You know, I heard what they called, and I thought, you know, I was just thinking out loud on the air, and I know you can't line up over the snapper any longer. In fact, I saw an official correct right. a minor in one of the first two. I don't remember whether it was Texas or, or Stephen F. Austin. Right. They actually corrected yes. at the line of scrimmage. Uh, so I thought that's probably what it was. Right. But when you looked at the – That's what it was, that he ran into the snapper, but the snapper had punted, had lifted his head up and got himself in a protective position, and then we got blocked heavily and ran into his left shoulder. And then they threw the flag, and so I really got it. Like I said, I just don't understand it. But that was a huge penalty as far as early well, sure. in the ball game because sure. now we get a chance to get the ball inside their, you know, inside their territory one more time, and a chance to, you know, reset ourselves and get ourselves a score there to, to get us back in the ball, you know, get us back in the ball game quickly. This time last week, we were talking about, uh, or you were certainly, all the crazy things that. Uh, uh, the Abilene Christian squad might do. And sure enough, early in the second quarter, they tried a fake field goal. Yeah, how about and, that? Uh, unfortunately, it didn't work out for them. Wow, what a play by Justin Prince, right? Yeah. Because they did a fake field goal. And, and uh, Justin was actually the guy that we had as the hot uh, rusher in that scheme that we had. He was the guy we wanted to come off the edge with a lot of pace. And then Broderick Harrell was the contain guy, and Broderick missed the tackle. You know, we were right there to make the play for for a seven-yard loss, and Broderick misses the tackle. And now we're like, oh, my goodness. But Justin Prince just came back and hustled and made a really, really good play. And uh, it was a great play by our defensive uh, unit on the field goal. Miners, Miners went down and got a field goal. However, you had a first and goal inside their 10 yard line and i know you'd like to get better in the red zone moving forward as well yeah absolutely and um you know on that series on the second down call we called a rpo run pass option and we had a chance to throw up the the pass out in the flat there and there was a busted assignment you know and so greg gavin went up to throw the ball off the rpo and we had a a busted assignment there and and then uh, on the third down we didn't execute well you know as well as we could have there in the red zone we could have a chance to pop that baby in. We actually had a good call against the look they were in there in kind of a Tampa 2, red, a red zone Tampa 2 call, and we had a good a good play called for our back to fit off the mic as he dropped, but we just didn't execute it the way it needed to be executed. So, just some execution issues there. Tyce, you know that I thought, uh, again, but it's game three, and those are things we clean up, and then, you know, maybe it's a more dramatic win for us. Well, again, you're still playing catch-up from uh, 
the lack of a, of a full preseason. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, I feel like now we're finally starting to turn the corner where we're getting, you know, because I, I don't even know if we're at our 29th practice yet. If you think about where we should be for the first game, I don't know if we're there yet. I think we're real close. We're at, like, practice 27. So we're really only have the same amount of practices right now that you would have for a first game. But the good news is we have three games to add to that total. Following the uh, field goal that uh, pulled the Miners to within 7-3, got a turnover again on Abilene Christian's uh, next possession. Uh, Dennis Barnes uh, came up with it, and immediately you went for the jugular uh, as, as Gavin found uh, Jacob Cowing uh, inside the uh, the uh, Wildcats' 10-yard line. That was a great play by Gavin. He stayed in the pocket. They brought a, a, a boundary blitz that we had never seen from them before, and we picked up the first blitzer, and the second blitzer was coming barreling down on Gavin and he just set his feet and made a perfect throw and of course Jacob ran you know a typical great route for Jacob and Jacob Cowing uh, career high eight catches his second hundred yard game in the first three uh, his third of, uh, of his career and Jacob's among the top uh, I think he's the second in the nation in uh, in receiving yards uh, uh, this year. Yeah, what a, what a stat for a sophomore, right. you know, and uh, just really, and he really hasn't put his best game out there yet. There's more in the tank for him. We, no, none of our fans has seen what we've seen from Jacob yet. You know, there's still a lot in this tank, and so we're hoping maybe this weekend he can really break out and have a fantastic game. Josh Fields got the touchdown on a five-yard run. Some good work by Josh in this game with Deion Hankins unable to go. It was basically uh, Josh and uh, and Ronnie Awad who had a touchdown run uh, later. It was good to see Ronnie get on the board as well. Yeah, it's like you and I talked about in preseason camp. You know, we felt like we had a ton of good backs, right? And yeah, everybody was talking. Everybody wanted to talk about Quadrez and and Dion, and then we're like going, well, don't forget about Josh Fields, and don't forget about Ronnie Awad, don't forget about Ray Flores, and don't forget about Willie Eldridge, and I think we're going to see all of them this year. Uh, those ones I just mentioned, the latter ones I just mentioned, I think we're all going to see all of them doing some really good things. I was a little surprised Willie didn't get on the field uh, the other night. Yeah, because, you know, you're at practices a lot, and you've seen that we're repping him a ton. You know, we're really repping him a lot, and and uh, so he's he's somebody that we really – uh, think has a chance to really help us and and uh, will be a bright part of our future moving forward. So following Fields' touchdown, the Miners are up uh, 10-7, to 7, very similar to the Stephen F. Austin game. He had a couple of scores after falling behind uh, early in a two, two-and-a-half-minute span to take the lead. And then uh, uh, the uh, Wildcats' last possession of the half uh, started at the uh, Miner 42 with only a minute 20 to go. So obviously they had some time, and uh, you uh, you managed to keep them off the board. What a possession that was for our defense. It was unbelievable. You know, you, a team gets the ball there, chance to flip the whole momentum of the half right back in their favor. They start off strong. We contain it. We come back with a good rally ourselves, and now we don't have a good drive on that last drive before the half and give them the ball at the 42-yard line, and our defense keeps them completely off the board. That was an incredible, huge part of our of our win right there, and a great job by the defense. And so, those are the things that are going to win a lot of football games for us if we continue to do that. So the Miners go in up ten to seven. You get the kickoff to start the second half, and a three and out to begin the third quarter. You'd right. love to be able to take advantage of having the ball to start the second half of play yeah well that was something that we love to do we defer so we can do that you know and have the ball to start the second half we like doing that and and what i do like about what we were what we're doing so much better is that we're finishing halves better 
and that's a huge sign of a big improvement for a football team. But what I didn't like in this last ball game is the last drive offensively before the half was a three and out, and the first drive to start the second half was a three and out. And those things could come back to, to catch up to you. So we got to make sure we do a better job. We've got to minimize our too many three and outs. Abilene Christian got a field goal on their first possession of the uh, second half. However, you did keep them out of the end zone because they got into the red zone and you forced them into a field goal. Trip. Yeah, great job again, right? A great job of, you know, um, not we bent, but we didn't break, you know, and it showed up uh, multiple times in the game. And so uh, that was a big part. That was a big stand right there by the defense as well. Miners answered uh, with one of the uh, biggest drives of the game. You started uh, the next possession and, and, and possession in the second half were, again, at a bit of a premium. You started with nearly seven minutes to go, kept the ball the rest of the quarter, extended into the fourth quarter. You kept the ball for nearly eight minutes in all, and uh, and Ronnie Awat gets the touchdown. Yeah, I didn't like how the game was going early because we were getting a little bit of a dose of our own medicine. They were controlling the clock completely. Right. Yeah. And I'm like sitting there going, wow, they're controlling the clock on us. And some of it's because of the things I just talked to, that you and I just went through, you know, that led to that. Um, of them controlling the clock, us forcing turnovers, the three and outs, uh, led to them getting a lot of possession time. But then from the middle of the third quarter on, John, we completely took over the clock because if you put those stats together, we held the ball for the last eight minutes of the third quarter and then the last five, five, five minutes and nine seconds of the fourth quarter. So think about how much time of the last 20 minutes we had the football. And, of course, the, the one thing you wanted to talk about and still – want to talk about, uh, you know, four days after the game was played was that last five minutes of the football game when the Miners had a four-point lead and ran out the clock. Yeah, and that to me is a step that I have been with the team, you know, because it just brings back memories of, as I talk about it before, you know, the coaching stops I've had in my profession have been Kansas State being the worst program in the country and turning it around A, and then going to Wyoming as a head coach. And Wyoming had a solid program. You know, when I took it over, it wasn't a turnaround, but they never really had had they'd been a long time since they had back-to-back winning seasons even you know and obviously we had the success there with three really good seasons but then I went to Houston which was a huge turnaround job they'd only had two winning seasons in the 12 previous years before I had been there and then I go to Arizona and Mike Stoops was in his third year and really struggling and so we got that one turned around and I go to Kansas back to Kansas State turn around and so my point is this is that all those places one of the biggest hardest things to get a team to do was to finish games and control the clock and never give the ball back when you have a chance to win the game. And I'm talking about with three, four minutes left, let alone five minutes left, so that was a really big step for our football program. And that even goes back to the end of the first half. How do you finish games? How do you finish halves? Yeah. Very, very important. Huge, huge. And those are the two things that I liked. Defensively, we finished the half really well, and then offensively, we finished the game very well. Again, we mentioned Deion Hankins earlier, the former uh, Parkland Matador. Kingerick, uh, 17, uh, tweets at UTEP Minor Voice. He says, Coach Dimmel, how is Dion feeling and what is his availability for this Saturday? Yeah, uh, Dion's feeling much, much better and his availability is, 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 is highly likely for this weekend. You know, he had a really good practice today and, and we expect him to even come out and practice better tomorrow. Again, uh, the Miners up uh, 17 to 10. You had a drive uh, stall in... Uh, wildcat territory and you had a fourth down play that you couldn't convert yeah and that was um 
interesting. We didn't execute it as well as it can be executed. I mean, that was bottom line. That's a play that's a, a play that's virtually, I think it's probably about 98.7% efficient in the last 15 years. But this year we've already had two that haven't been efficient for us. So it's something that we're, we're tweaking a little bit. We need to make some adjustments to, uh, to get that play back to where it is. And obviously, it's it's still anybody's game at that point. Uh, the Wildcats uh, go down the field, uh, get to the red zone, and Praise Amahuli had a huge sack that forced them uh, basically to try a field goal instead of uh, instead of going for six. Yeah, that that's uh, again another situation. You're uh, you take the lead. You got you got a seventeen to ten lead, and your defense has got a chance to hold the lead, and we did it. We held them out. They get in the red zone, and we hold them to a field goal. That's huge for a football team. Again, so there's so many of those little things that are happening right now that's showing such huge signs of improvement for our football program. Wildcats were only two of twelve on third downs. So you were able to get off the field quite a bit, which yep. is always good. They only had 104 yards uh, rushing in the game. Yeah, so those are some really good stats where we've been so much better on third downs where, you know, even Texas didn't rush the ball that well on us, you know, uh, and so I really feel like our rush defense is improving, you know, is improved quite a bit, and so uh, it's going to be important for us to keep that going as we move through the season. Early in the game, they were seemingly setting the edge rather than the minors dictating it right. defensively. Fortunately, you got that uh, short up pretty quickly. Yeah, we weren't doing a great job uh, just keeping edge uh, covered with, with our personnel, just keeping their outside arm free. A couple of times we lost our outside arm leverage and, and got reached. And then uh, the, when we stayed in our schemes that we were in when they were doing that, the guys did a better job of keeping it reached. And then defensively we mixed up our schemes a little bit and got into some better looks that were changing their angles of attack. And they, and they struggled to make the adjustment. We took that perimeter run game away from them. Players of the game, Josh Fields and Jacob Cowing uh, offensively. Praise Amahuli on defense and uh, and Gavin Beckley on special teams. Yeah, and, um, you know, again, Josh played extremely well, ran what, what, how hard he ran in that last drive. Teich was really, really impressive, um, did some great things. Jacob, we said, had another, you know, really, really good game for him. Moving to defense, Praise just got a sack and a half for us and did some really special things there. And then Gavin was hitting the ball out of the end zone all night and making all of it, made his field goal and and uh, and also, uh, you know, made his PAT. So he had a good night uh, with special teams. And, and uh, so it was really a good effort from those guys. And then, of course, the our Luke Laufenberg, Luke Laufenberg Award winners, you know, Stephen Forrester was all over the field. He won it again defensively because he was everywhere with what he did. Just Terrific did leader, Stephen is. Un- unbelievable. And the way he's playing right now is just so motivating to everything. So he's very deserving of the award. Breon Hayward, again, our, our Marshall transfer that's going to really start showing up as a linebacker here, I think, soon, too, is just really making people notice him uh, on special teams as well and did a really good job with that. And then I want to talk about Elijah Klein. Elijah Klein got food poisoning on Friday night and no. was completely dehydrated, just a complete dehydration. He took all kind of IV bags, had to go to urgent care, was just completely 
dehydrated and and physically worn out by the end of the football game, but just kept fighting and fighting wow. and did a great job for us. So I don't know if that you know that's nothing. No one's more deserving of the Luke Award than that. So Elijah got it this week for that effort that he gave us. Wow, talk about a character builder there. And yeah. of course, then the uh, Scouts Award. And I had to laugh a little bit. Uh, Rashad Beecham, uh, a tight end, and then you got Gary Theard and Ronnie Awad, both of whom played extensively in the game. How did they get scouts awards? Well, what's changed now? See, it's changed, Tice, because we don't do scouts anymore, right? We we don't we don't do scouts, and so we do we practice ones against twos. So actually, that's become practice player of the week. And so Ronnie practiced really well, and he played well, and then Gary practiced really well, and he played well. So it's actually the guys that are practicing the best now. We tried to go back and do some scouts yesterday and uh, because we wanted to touch up some things uh, because of all the different uh, pressure looks that, uh, that La Monroe gives you. And our players are like, Coach, we don't want to do that. We want to we go full speed against each other. We want to hit each other. We want to go, which was really good. The player council came to me and said, hey, let's, let's, wow. let's be physical. Let's keep doing what we're doing. So I thought that was a really step of showing how much these kids care. That's good input from yeah, them. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, really that's appreciate terrific. That. Yep. Minors 17 and Abilene Christian 13. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We will have the Marathon Petroleum Scouting Report as we look ahead to Saturday's opponent at uh, Monroe, Louisiana, the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. Remember, if you'd like to uh, question Coach uh, Dimmel, you can tweet us at UDEM Minor Voice or 880-5763. Presented by Coors Light, it's UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. We'll be right back on 600 ESPN El Paso. Every Wednesday, 6 to 7, it's UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to the Larry K. Durham Sports Center. The Miners getting set to head to Monroe, Louisiana on Friday, Saturday's game against the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe. First time these two teams have met. 12.30, our coverage begin. Mike Perez, the former minor quarterback, will join me to bring you all the play-by-play action. 12.30 with a Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff show here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Oscar Arieta's Allstate Agency is a proud hometown locally owned agency with 22 years experience and five locations to serve El Paso County. Oscar Arieta's Allstate Agency is a proud sponsor of the UTEP Miners and you know Miners are in good hands with Allstate. Time now for the Marathon Petroleum Scouting Report. The uh, Warhawks, who play out of the Sunbelt Conference, are 0-2, and they actually opened their Sunbelt season uh, this past Saturday, lost at home to uh, Texas State 38-17 to after opening the week before at Army and losing to the uh, Cadets by a score of 37 to uh, seven. Uh, you know, I looked it up uh, today. You know, the Miners are one of only two teams in the country that have played three games to this point. Were you aware of that? I was not aware yeah. of that. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. And we've just been blessed to be able to uh, get get through our games and, you know, stay healthy and, and and really keep control of things and just very blessed and fortunate to have the opportunity for these kids to work hard, get the chance to play play this many games so far. And, of course, Louisiana Monroe uh, was a game that was not originally scheduled. And uh, when uh, everything uh, 
uh, started falling by the wayside, you were able to put this thing together, and they're going to come back here at a future date as well. Yeah, they are, and um, it was a good, you know a good match for us because they were a very competitive Sun Belt team last year. The Sun Belt Conference and Conference USA have had a lot of battles in the past, um, and been tough tests for Conference USA teams. The Sun Belt teams have been, uh, especially the bowl games that we've played against them. You know, uh, some of our teams that have faced uh, Sun Belt teams in bowl games have have had their hands full and so we thought playing a, a sunbelt team that was you know almost beat the sunbelt champions in the last game of the year last year 31 to 30 they lost to la lafayette in their final game of the year would be a really good test for our program to see where we are moving into conference play matt viator is now in his fifth year as the uh, head coach he had great success prior to that at uh, at mcneese state uh, what do they like to do on both sides of the ball well, I think offensively they have. A, I know they have a really good running back, and they have a really good tight end. And Josh so, Johnson, Josh Johnson, and, and Josh Peterson. Peterson right, yeah, those two guys are really good players, and they want to try to get the ball in their hands. So that's a tough question to answer. What do they want like to do? Because it just depends what you're going to give them. Because they want to get the ball to both those guys, and they actually got another t- uh, tight end, Tyler Lamb, that's a good player too. So they got two tight ends that are very good players, and a, and a running back, and they got a quarterback that's a big, strong guy that can really spin the ball well and so last week when they fell behind they end up throwing for 360 plus yards against texas state so really you know we're going to have to prepare to stop the run with number eight and stop the passing game with 16 and all of the speed that he has at the wide receiver position they have not run the ball effectively through the first two games of the season they're averaging only 52 yards a game and i was watching matt viator's uh, weekly press conference from earlier this week and he second guessed himself that he might have abandoned the run a little too quickly as they fell behind early right against uh, texas state uh, last week so i think they're going to try and establish that run and see if the miners can stop it yeah i would think for sure they're going to do that and try to get number eight established and because if they feel like they can get a run game going that'll really help their passing game so i do feel like that's the case i haven't looked at their time of possession stats real closely right now but i imagine their time of possession stats are not i i watched the army game live uh in tape and i imagine that you know they're they're probably not great in their time of possession numbers right now speaking of tape you've had uh, tape for the first time current tape for the first time this year on an opponent uh, this week in two games of it but uh, how valid was the tape uh, the the army tape uh, in in particular with what they do offensively it's not very valid at all you know because everybody has their own game plan for what they're going to do against army so all you can do against army is watch personnel and uh, and get a feel for personnel which is helpful definitely but you can't get garner a lot of scheme issues and they had the defensive coordinator change right before the season started you know and so with that being said that 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 leads us to not have a whole great idea they're doing a lot of things they did last year schematically on defense but <clears throat> they've added some new wrinkles with the new coordinator well you might go back and look at some old utep game tapes because yeah. St- scott stoker who obviously was the coordinator here prior to going to Louisiana Monroe is, is now the new is coordinator. Is now the coordinator, yeah. yeah. And he likes to bring pressure. You know, that's one of his MOs. Uh, last year they liked to bring pressure, but in this game he brought more pressure than they had done uh, in previous games. And obviously he couldn't use the Army game as one to use for analysis, so we had to use this game 
as a pretty heavy tool for us. Colby Suits, a big, strong first-year starter for the uh, Warhawks, uh, put the ball in the air, what, 53 times last week against uh, Texas State and threw uh, for nearly uh, 400 yards in that game. Uh, what do you like about him? Uh, I think he's strong. He's athletic. You know, I've studied him before. Once we found out about the game, I went back and studied his high school uh, huddle tape and did some of that to see you know what he looked like and what his strengths and weaknesses were and uh, he's he does do a lot of positive things with the football uh, has a very strong arm and tra- and they were you know they threw the ball all over the place last Saturday you know so it'll be interesting to see you know what they try to you know how they're going to hang their hat what they really want to establish is their offensive identity well if they drop back that many times uh, hopefully you can get some pressure somehow on uh, on suits huh? yeah I just don't think any team wants to throw no. fifty sometimes no, they want to be more Balanced. Yeah, I don't. I just don't see anybody but a but a Mike Leach team wanting fifty sometimes a game. So I definitely think they'll try to be more balanced with what they're doing. Josh Peterson is an interesting uh, story at uh, at tight end, uh, and he's a pretty good player. He was a first team All Conference player a year ago. His father Doug is the uh, is the head coach of the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and you wonder why Josh Peterson would uh, would go to Louisiana Monroe. His dad played there. His dad played there, and, and he was a guy that was from Kansas City, uh, coming out of high school. And so we looked at him and we're like, oh, this guy looks, you know, pretty good. Um, and uh, but then he kind of knew where he was going before it all ended up, you know, uh, coming to fruition. He already had an idea of where of where he was going to go. And that's I think that's really cool that he went to his dad's alma mater. Really neat. The uh, Warhawks have a couple of pretty good players in the secondary. In fact, uh, Corey Strotter, one of their uh, corners, was a second-team All-American uh, last year, led the Sun Belt in interceptions with five in pass deflections or pass defense passes defended with uh, 15. Obviously a good player there. Yeah, and they put him on an island. They put him out there and they put their corners out there and really test their corners and put them in some tough situations. So, um, you know, he's a really, really good player in response to that in a, in a great manner. What else uh, strikes you about the, your football team as, uh, as you watch their, uh, their video this week? Uh, their speed. You know, they got great speed. Uh, they got some linebackers that I think are really good players, very active linebackers for them. Uh, I think their free safety is a very, very good player as well, number 15. They got good depth there in the secondary. They also play another free safety, number one, that does a really good job for them as well. So they got some speed on their defense. They got some real good speed on their offense as well. And, um, you know, I think their offense line they're trying to mold their offensive line together and they'd really like to they're a young offensive line they'd really like to get them you know uh going getting some unity to what some mesh to what they're doing and so that's why i think they'll try to run the ball on us as well anything about their special teams uh, stand out you know uh, special teams wise you know they do a good job with what their with their schemes on special teams i think they're they're really solid you know and i think it's a big week for us to we feel like we got a good special teams unit and it's a good big week for us to try to create some big plays uh in the special teams and so we're really trying to get our return game up and co- really up and rolling this week and and try to get our coverage team back to where we feel like it really can and should be how important you know, it, it, it is always, but how, how significant would it be this week on the road against an opponent that hasn't won, that's looking to win, to get off to a better start yeah. than, you, than you've gotten off the first three games? It's going to be gigantic for us. Yeah. I mean, I think the start to this game 
be critical for both teams because we'll be filling each other out. You know, obviously we've never played each other, and you know you got a Sun Belt team against a Conference USA team, and both teams are young and new, and so both teams need to kind of get a feel of each other. And so whoever kind of lands that first blow, you know, obviously it would be a big advantage for us. We've shown that we don't have to land it to win a football game, and I like that part of it as well. But I'd like to see us, you know, come out really, you know, humming on on uh, early in the ball game. Miners have a couple of players from the state of Louisiana, and uh, Monroe is located in the northeast part of the state. Jalen Rudolph is from Baton Rouge, which is uh, in the southeast part of the state, uh, closer to New Orleans. But uh, Kelton Moss is from Jonesboro, Louisiana. I looked it up today, and it is about 35 miles from Monroe, Louisiana. So I would imagine Kelton with the Miners' next two games being played in Louisiana, is going to be in hog heaven when the Miners uh, uh, go uh, near home uh, the next couple of times out. Yeah, no doubt. He's going to be excited. And Jadrian Taylor, you know, his buddy who also came from Kilgore, is from East Texas, you know, and so there will be a lot of fans there. I talk, was talking to those guys early. Daylon Williams, one of our other defensive ends uh, that uh, is from Tennessee, he'll have, you know, that'll be nice for his family to be able to get to see some games in those proximities as well so it'll be fun for those guys to play you know play close to family like that i noticed you played once before against uh, monroe was that at houston at uh, wyoming or where was it i don't know <laughs> it was houston it must have been houston yeah, it was Houston. i can't remember to tell yeah. you the truth yeah. i can't remember where we played there we'll, we'll figure it out and we'll, we'll talk about it before we go on the air on saturday that's yeah. for sure yeah i really can't remember which i know we had played lafayette before but i, I thought maybe we had played monroe somewhere in my career yeah. Again, our coverage begins at 12.30 with a Longhorn Distributing Countdown to Kickoff Show. It's the Miners and the Warhawks of Louisiana Monroe this coming Saturday. And that's our uh, uh, Marathon Petroleum scouting report on the Miners and the Warhawks. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about some of the things going on around uh, Conference USA. And again, if you'd like to chime in, a couple of ways to do so. 880-5763 is the number to call. Or... You can tweet me at UTEP Minor Voice. In fact, before we go to break, Taco Johnson, Dim, uh, tweets, with this year not counting towards eligibility, are there any freshman offense or defense that we'll see playing time? Of course, we've already seen uh, Willie Eldridge and a lot of guys on special teams, but uh, you might want to address that specifically. Yeah, um, Elijah Robinson's a linebacker that we feel like is really, he's playing a lot on special teams right now, and, and obviously we're so deep at linebacker, he hasn't had a chance to, to get on the field at linebacker yet. And then Jacob Moyes, another guy, a linebacker that we feel like we're really going to try to start pushing more on our special teams uh, segment of what we're doing. You know, the younger offensive linemen that we have there, you know, they can use this year, you know, to really mature and get stronger and bigger. We're really pleased with what they're uh, bringing to the table right now. So so that's been a real positive for us. Um, and, and really, there's just a lot of younger guys right now that we have so many other new guys that we really don't see many more of our freshmen getting on the field this year uh, than that right now. But what's really been the advantage for us is that, you know, a lot of these new players we have this year is not counting whether they're high school or junior college players, and so we'll have them for multiple years after this. So it's really been a positive for our program, and it's going to allow us to catch up from the blue shirt issue that I inherited when I got here where we were so far behind with scholarships and, and had blue shirt a lot of blue shirt scholarships given out where I could only have 11 initials to give that first year 
by doing this, this will allow us to catch up, not this year, but the following recruiting class, because this year's class will be smaller everywhere in the country, but the following recruiting class will be a full, we can get a more than 20 true initial scholarships moving forward, and that'll be a real, really positive for the program. You dream about all this stuff, don't you? <laughs> Just huh? I, only when I'm awake and then when I'm sleeping. I dream about <laughs> Time for a break. We'll be back with more. Yeah. UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel, presented by Coors Light on 600 ESPN El Paso. 600 ESPN El Paso presents UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel. We're presented by Coors Light. Coors Light is an official sponsor of the UTEP Miners 2020. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, celebrate responsibly. As I mentioned during the last segment, the Miners and Texas State are the two teams in the country that have played three games to this point in the season. I think the SEC is getting going this week, and there may be a couple of other leagues that also uh, have yet to start that are, uh, that are about to start. How about the case of Houston? The poor Cougars were supposed to play this week at home against North Texas of Conference USA. And today it came down that uh, North Texas is having some COVID issues and would not be playing at Houston this Saturday. Houston has had four games, four games they had scheduled, washed away all by their opponents having some COVID issues issues through no fault of their own. How about those Cougar kids have yet to play a game this season and you practice each and every week and it, you know even into game week you know thinking you're yeah. going to be playing on saturday and then you don't play you find out on a wednesday oh you my know, gosh it's horrible i feel awful for those players and for the coaches and for dana uh you know who's trying to get his second year they're trying to get things established and i know he's anxious to put his team out on the field and it's got to be hard for him you know and everybody going through that and so you had just broke that news to be here as we started the show that they weren't going to play that game so i'm just always disappointed for all the kids that have worked so hard and they get games taken away from them like that now hopefully they'll make the game up but i'm not sure you know what houston's going to do obviously they've missed a lot of games so they can only make up you know they're running out of weekends now baylor's another uh, program that's been snake bitten of course uh, mac rhodes who worked here for years is their fine uh, athletics director, and I, I think Baylor has yet to play a game. Even in Conference USA, FIU still hasn't played. Florida Atlantic still hasn't played. Rice still hasn't played, although two of those three, the two Florida schools, are going to attempt to play for the first time this week. Yeah, and that'll be big because, you know, obviously that's a hot spot down where they are just get those programs up and moving in the right directions. But I'm just excited to see all the Conference USA teams play on I, you know, I obviously got good relations with all the coaches, and I know they want to get their kids out there and, and let them enjoy the fruits of playing college football. I have no idea when Rice is going to play. They, they weren't scheduled this week, and their scheduled game next week, a conference game at Marshall, apparently has already been postponed. So I have no idea. Oh, you're when kidding the Owls me. Are, I have no idea when Rice is going to wow. play a game. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, because I had heard that they had their first game was going to be October 3rd, right? But now it that's says, been canceled. It says here postponed. Wow. Jeez, Louise, that's crazy. Amazing. Louisiana Tech, whom the Miners will see in two weeks, they finally got in a game last week, their first game, and a conference game against Southern Miss. I guess it was a heck of a finish. Sounds like it. I just saw the highlights of it, you know, where they caught the touchdown pass with 14 seconds left to win by what, one point or two One point, 31 to 30. 31 to 30. So that was, was a great game. 
and it was supposed to be a pretty equally matched football game, so I think it kind of was when as predicted. How about Marshall getting by uh, nationally yeah. ranked Appalachian State, and now Marshall is in the polls. Yeah, Marshall's got a good team to beat Appy State. We know how good Appy State is, and what they've done over the last year, so that was a big win for Marshall. UTSA is three and two and rather. They're going for three and for the only the second time in their uh, history. They got by Stephen F. Austin in the Alamo Dome. Yeah, last and I got to watch that game, you know, because we hadn't played yet, and I wanted to just see. And Stephen F. made some mistakes early, and then all of a sudden started to take over control of the game and had, took it to seventeen to ten and had a chance to tie it up and didn't capitalize. But as the game went on, you could kind of see that there was a lot of parallel. I mean, Stephen F. Austin and UTSA were you know really comp- really competitive with each other. The game that really <coughs> surprised me last week, uh, Troy at Middle Tennessee winning 47 to 14. Yeah, Middle has not started off the season no. very well. You know, obviously they got the tough draw. I think it was Army early that they we don't play right. them this year right. so I haven't paid super close, but they got hammered pretty good by Army and then got hammered pretty good by Troy too. So uh, yeah, not a good start for them. A hundred points combined between SMU and North Texas, sixty-five to thirty-five. The Mustangs win there. Yeah, big big win for SMU, and what, they had seven hundred yards offense. I think Tysh is what I looked at when I looked at the stats there, and so uh, SMU really was you know played a really explosive ball game against North Texas. I saw a little bit of Western Kentucky and Liberty before I came to the Sun Bowl last uh, Saturday, and uh, Liberty wins that game 30-24. to 24. Liberty's a good team. You know, people don't understand how good of a program Liberty has. They have a good program and do a lot of positive things and uh, really, really surprise people. And so that game didn't surprise me too much. They're a private school, are they not? They, and they yep. probably should have a good program yep. given yep. that they're, uh, they have the resources that they do. they do. Charlotte did not play last week. They had problems getting their game with North Carolina together. They're going to try and play uh, this Saturday as they host uh, Georgia State. Yeah, and that's going to be a good game too. You know, Georgia State's uh, out of the Sun Belt and a, and a really good team, and so uh, that'll be an interesting to test, see how that thing plays out. You know, one of the th- good things that, that has happened for Conference USA with all the leagues that aren't playing right now is the television exposure, including what the minors are going to uh-huh. get this weekend. Uh, I heard today it's going to be ESPN2, yeah. not even ESPNU. ESPN2 yeah. wow. will televise the minors and the Warhawks on Saturday. But, uh, for instance, Thursday, UTEP plays in, uh, or UAB rather, plays an ESPN game at South Alabama. That can't hurt recruiting. No, it's great. It's great. It's really a positive thing, and it's nice that we're getting on ESPN2. That'll be really good exposure for our program. CBS Sports <coughs> Network on Friday night, UTSA home to Middle Tennessee. Yep, and that, again, all the coverage of Conference Juice, they can get the better. And so we thought this might help us, you know, and it, and it is starting to lean our direction that way with the conference. <clears throat> Other games on uh, Saturday, FIU is going to try and play their first game of the season. I hope they get there for the <coughs> sake of those kids. Uh, they go to Liberty this Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's going to be a tough way to start the season against Liberty, you know, and going there to play. And Liberty draws pretty well, so it'll be interesting to see how that game plays itself out. Southern Miss off to an 0-2 start. The Miners will see them. The next home game UTEP plays uh, right downstairs in the Sun Bowl will be the middle of next month against uh, Southern Miss. Uh, They entertain uh, the green wave of Tulane on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, and um, that'll be interesting again to see how that game plays itself out. Willie Fritz, the head coach at Tulane, called me earlier today, so I gotta when I get a minute, call Willie back, and I don't know if he wants to talk about Southern Miss a little bit or what he wants to visit about. Florida Atlantic will try and get their season going after a couple of false starts. So Willie Taggart uh, hoping to make his debut at home against South Florida. 
Yeah, and, um, you know, that's a good job. You know, he's walking into a good situation, I think, because Lane, I think, left it with a, you know, a really good program. So it'll be interesting to see how Willie goes and does and puts his signature on the program. And there's a fairly good chance that a few points will be scored in this game as Louisiana Tech hosts Houston Baptist this coming oh, Saturday. Oh, wow. Yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch. Houston Baptist has been piling up some points on people, and um, so it should be a high-scoring game. And this time next week you'll be devouring that game tape, won't Yeah, you? absolutely. Yep, yeah. start watching La Tech's first two games that they've played, Southern Miss and Houston Baptist. So that's what's going on around uh, Conference USA. We'll take our final time out. We'll come back and have some final thoughts, some final words. It's UTEP football with Dana Dimmel, presented by Coors light and we will continue in a moment on 600 ESPN El Paso. We're talking Utah football with Dana Dibble, 600 ESPN El Paso. We're presented by Coors Light, and speaking of, uh, Ms. Julie Dimmel is enjoying a, a Coors Light as we do the show, and we may be headed to a, a Coors Light, but I uh, want to remind you that Pepsi is the official beverage sponsor of the UTEP Miners. Pepsi, that's what I like. Also want to remind you that UTEP's uh, three-game mini-plan, uh, pick three of the uh, four remaining minor home games, Southern Miss October 17th, North Texas October 31st, FIU November the 7th, and UAB November the 21st. Three-game mini plans started just $30 up to $54, and you'll save over the single-game prices. To get your UTEP football mini plans, uh, go online to utepminers.com slash tickets. Call 915-747-UTEP or email tickets at utep.com. E-D-U. Next week, uh, I want to remind everyone that there will be no show because there is no game next week. So our uh, next show will be two weeks from tonight uh, as the Miners get ready to open Conference USA play again in Louisiana against the uh, Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. So no show next week. And uh, that brings up a question. Exactly what have you planned for your players uh, next week? Well, my mind's really been tossing and turning on the best way, you know, what we need to do the next week to get ourselves improved and to understand that, you know, we will be one of the only teams in the country to have played four games. And uh, and so we've got a lot of work in. And so, you know, we'll, co- we'll come out Monday and get a, tip- a normal Monday practice and, and then get a normal Tuesday practice, normal Wednesday practice, and a normal Thursday practice. Uh, and then we'll take the you know, the weekend to get rested up a little bit and come back to hopefully get ourselves, you know, a week ahead to actually steal an extra week of preparation, but also be smart about it and make sure that we're letting our nicks and bumps and bruises get healed up a little bit because we got a long haul ahead of us after that, you know, of eight football games. So you got to take into account what's the best for the first next game coming up and what's also the best for the big picture. So I think that'll be a good plan for us. You know, normally during the bye week, you might let the kids go home, but in this day and time, I don't think that's an option, is well, it? Well, you know, we really don't. We really don't want them to be going home, right. you know, right. because of all the issues. Sure. You know, travel is such a big concern, and all the things that go with that. So that's definitely something that we're very leery about. And again, I reiterate what a great job the UTEP student athletes and the staff has done. You know, we talked about all the problems all over the country. The miners have not had those problems uh, to this point, knock on wood, and that's enabled them to be able to play three games, one of only two teams in the country to have done so to right. this point. Right, and I think a lot of it is the administration has just laid out a great plan for us and the 
and obviously our training staff has done an absolutely remarkable job. They're working so hard and doing so much beyond the call of duty. Uh, Tony and Don and the, and the crew have just been spectacular through all this. Administration just laid out a great plan of attack this summer for us, and our and our players are following it and doing doing a respectable job of taking care of themselves and and, and trying to to do you know it's not easy task to manage a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds you know and that's one of the highest positive tests it's the highest positive age group in El Paso right now is is 20 to 29 you know and so our players are right in that highest highest rate of of, of it and so it's not been an easy task, but they've done a nice job with it. By the way, I do want to mention that uh, today I taped a uh, podcast with Miners' sophomore defensive end, uh, Praise Amahuli, who was uh, one of the players of the week uh, last week. And uh, Praise is, is quite the personality. We had a really good time. And that, uh, that uh, podcast, the Picks Up podcast, will drop tomorrow on UTEP Athletics, uh, utepminers.com, and also on Spotify, where you might get your uh, podcast. But uh, Praise is, uh, is a heck of a kid to be around. He's a special special guy, and he's uh, he's really smart, intelligent football player, intelligent student, and uh, got a chance to have a spectacular career, not only here, but as he moves forward. He's just got a lot of... Uh, measurables as well as the intangibles you know he's got an 82 inch wingspan and he's gotten himself up to 241 pounds already and still got three more years of college football ahead of him miners and the warhawks of louisiana monroe again our coverage begins at 12 30 with a longhorn distributing countdown to kickoff show on saturday what should we expect from the Miners against the Warhawks, and what are the keys to victory? Well, the keys to it, what to expect, I'm not sure what to say with that, Tyson. No, no, no coach ever knows what you're going to expect, <laughs> yeah, right? True. But the uh, keys to victory are let's try to start fast, right? Yes. Let's try to defend the run really well. Let's try to create some big plays on offense. Well, Dim, uh, off to a great start. Uh, congratulations on that. Always fun talking football with you. Good luck against the Warhawks on uh, on Saturday, and we'll talk to you in two weeks. Yeah, this is great. I'm enjoying doing the show up here with you, Tyson. It's been good. Appreciate Thanks. you uh, listening. Thanks for all the tweets, and uh, we look forward to talking to you from Monroe on Saturday. And then two weeks from tonight, right here on another edition of UTEP Football with Dana Dimmel.